Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. But here's my little my little interview pit stop. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with it's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, for checking out the uh, the episode. Hit that subscribe button if you're not already so you can keep up with the entire series. You'll get three brand new interviews sent to you every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Great way to keep up with your favorite artists. Discover those new ones. Spotify, Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And if you're already subscribed, uh, give a rating. Leave a review while you're at it. That uh, does so much to help out the uh, podcast grow. Subscribe, rate, review. I'll keep the great guests on board. Uh, lately, we've had... Uh, who we talked to lately? Daryl J. Johnson. He stars in the uh, new Jake Johnson movie uh, called uh, Self-Reliance, out now on Hulu. We talked to Mary Timoney, lead singer of X-Hex and Helium. Natalie Morales stopped by. You know her from The Morning Show and Parks and Rec, among many other things. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, the director of Argyle, was here. Uh, Buffalo Tom. Mary Holland, who's working on a, a new movie about Lance Bass and Danielle Fischel. Uh, Monica Raymond from Hightown on Stars. We had Noah Halstead from Slow Dive. Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek and 12 Monkeys. Neck Deep. Michael Shannon was here. Slater Kinney. Eduardo Franco from Stranger Things. Jack Antonoff from Bleachers. Doctor Who's Peter Capaldi. McKenna Grace. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And that's me. Kyle Meredith today talking with Emily Massey of the band Slowpulp about their latest record, Yard, and their upcoming uh, tour dates with Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service. Emily's going to outline the 2000s indie rock that lended a, a strong influence to their sound, especially when it comes to the music that was on the OC, as well as the autobiographies that the band has been reading while on tour, uh, like uh, from Lush and the uh, Foo Fighters. Uh, and how finding a Lucinda Williams CD moved their aural marker a little bit more to the Americana pastures. Uh, Emily's going to go on to discuss how she deals with her own doubts and anxieties as a front person in a band, 
and how watching the Beatles documentary actually took pressure off of what it means to be successful. You get all that and more as we discuss Yard. It's Kyle Meredith with Emily Massey of Slowpulp. Hello! Yeah, this this new record, Yard, I swear it was, uh, I mean, I know it landed on some best of lists. It's been one of my favorites that I've been listening to over the past few months. Uh, First off, I just want to say congratulations because, you know, there's no guarantees, right? That it's going to be great. And yet, here you are. You all have done it. That is so kind. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been a few months now that the record's out and it, it still feels surreal that we were able to make it happen, I guess. <laughs> well, and and things keep on moving. I mean, I want to dive into the record here in a minute, but um, but just also seeing the news lately that you all are going to be uh, touring once again with Death Cab, but it's the it's the Death Cab Postal Service tour this time around, right? Yes, it is. We are just beyond excited to to join that tour, and um, yeah, they're they're so kind to us. We can't believe that we uh, we get to do it again with them. Now that you've you've toured with Death Cab before, you know, it's the obvious question here, right? Is like those albums, those two albums, we're talking about Transatlanticism and Give Up. I know they like they were two of my favorite records. They're so they mean so much to a lot of people. Were these part of your musical DNA? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. We especially Death Cab for Cutie, I think we all grew up listening to them and um I, I think it definitely informs our own music in so many ways. And um, I think even more so as we've gotten to know them as people and toured with them, we just were influenced by them in so many different facets, not only through the music, but just how they are together as a band and how they are as people and their live performance. And um, yeah, they're just, they're just incredibly inspiring and we're absolutely honored that we get to share the stage with them and call them friends. It's it's really quite wild. <laughs> Never thought I would say that, that's for sure. I'm excited to see that show. I I thought I was going to have to miss the tour because it just didn't hit around me. But now that it's coming to Nashville later this year, yep. I'm so excited to see everybody on that one. And, you know, it, it, it also makes sense because hearing the way you all have talked about this new record with Yard, I'm, I'm looking at a quote I think you said here. A lot of the songs that you could pin back to influences for most of this record relate to those radio hits um that were in the early 2000s oh yeah like it's interesting too because how we hear the record versus how probably you hear the record like you hear the record you hear the work in the record do you hear the influences like i you know when i listen to it like i hear a band very sure of themselves but i can't always pinpoint maybe who you were listening to or calling back to it is like do you hear those moments still when you're listening to it yeah and i think um it's it's definitely maybe a little bit more subtle than what people might pick up on. Um, I think some of the songwriting, those in in terms of songwriting, I guess those songs, those types of early two thousands hits, were um, that were big when we were kids. Those were that's maybe some of the most formative music for us because it's it's some of the music first music that we discovered on our own, maybe without the help of our parents or. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you start hearing songs on the radio and then you start delving into their music more. And um, I think that that's just something that stuck with us. And I think we let that kind of guide what we were making. And um, (laughs) going back to Death Cab, actually, which is funny, um, Henry, who plays guitar in Slow Pulp and also produces all of our music, he was watching the OC 
every day pretty much for like months and just like blasted through all of the seasons and um Death Cab is a is a big band on that on that show. They talk about it and they actually I think play a few times on the show. And um Phantom Planet's theme song for that for that show there's a demo version specifically which is funny and random but that Henry talks about being kind of like the the main point of of contact for all of the songs almost like there's some sort of production element that relates to the California by Phantom Planet um, which you, is a song we all well love. use that as your walkout music right or do you do that we every do. time <laughs> we do which is so was was perfect for the shows in California um but almost like I feel like the people outside of California got the most hype to that song when we played it as our walkout song but yeah we just we really love that song and and i think there's a lot of things that draw specifically from that time period and and things surrounding the oc believe it or not um but yeah i think like i said earlier it might be in some more subtle subtle ways i think um but i'm sure if you t- if we talk to henry he would have direct lines to to all of it that he could tell you <laughs> I know you're friends with uh, Rap Boys. Uh, coincidentally, Julia was my intern back in, I want to say 2010. No way. Yeah, like like. So I'm in Louisville, and and she's from here, and yeah. uh, and she was my intern on a on a previous show I had called The Weekly Feed, and and I got to talk. You know, we talked about Rap Boys' latest album too, and it's funny how because I know you all are uh, like friends to a certain degree, but how in sync you both are at this moment in time with the OC. And with Death Cab and and everything Ben Gibbard, it's something you know. It's it's that twenty year cycle, right? Just something in the air at this moment. Totally. Oh, we love we love Rat Boys, and the album they put out this year was seriously one of our favorites. Um, I'm really glad you brought them up because yeah, they're they're great. Would love to be. We both live in Chicago, but I feel like we never run into each other. We're probably all we're both on tour so much, and our schedules are just complete opposite. I feel like, but. Yeah, big shout out to Rat Boys for sure. It's not like it's a small town Chicago, but uh That's true. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh I I live in Kentucky in the Midwest and allergies yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. 
with all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Emily Massey of Slowpulp. You got me thinking a little bit more because I think whatever interview I was reading that you were talking about some of that, you know, it got into you saying that you don't actually listen to music on tour, which makes (laughs) sense. Because I I remember being in a tour van and and I think we listen to comedy albums uh, just about more than anything. Yeah. But with the OC, I mean that comes around. Like, uh, like what, what, what's keeping you company these days? If I don't mean that to be on the spot question, but I feel like you know, if it, if it's not music, is there something? Is it a TV show? What is it that keeps you company? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm really into <laughs> what's what's been funny is um, instead of listening to music, I've been really into reading musical autobiographies. Um, and a favorite one that I that I've one of my favorite ones that I just finished reading on this past tour um, is an autobiography from Lush's Mickey Brenny. And it was written so well. And it was just such a cool um, way to kind of talk about the music industry too, in the nineties amidst all the Brit pop boy, boy band frenzy and kind of like when the death of shoegaze happened in in uh the uk in the in the late 90s um and you know her take on it and uh yeah her voice is just so incredible so i feel like i've been doing doing that when i'm on tour um and i think some of my bandmates have as well i think that henry uh just read dave grohl's book (laughs) at the same time which were such different you know, juxtapositions of kind of the same time period, which is just kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I think I've been doing that. When I'm home, I just adopted a beagle this past summer. So I've been big dog, dog time. Um, a lot of noise comes out of a little beagle. Well, she actually doesn't bark, which is strange. Um, she was, well, she was a um, lab beagle. So she was actually tested on in a research facility. So maybe she has something wrong, <laughs> but she's great now. <laughs> yeah, I'll say we we got a rescue uh, a few oh, years really? ago. Yeah, and um, she's uh she's half um half Doberman, half Rottweiler, and um, but she looks like a little sausage. And uh, but she did she the same yeah. thing. She didn't bark for a long time, and it was just getting familiar with her surroundings, kind of a thing, you know. It it took her a while, and then one day she's totally. like, "All right, here's my voice." Now you get to hear it. Yeah. 
you know, it, it just took that a little bit longer. Exactly. I'm sure one of these days she'll start doing the beagle howl and, you know, then I'll be real happy when that comes around. <laughs> Well, I, I do have to ask on the biographies because, uh, you know, as the story goes with Yard, you go to the cabin. There's the Lucinda Williams Essence CD there, which I love Lucinda. She's been on the show a lot of times, um, her entire catalog. Have you read her biography that came out last year yet? <gasps> no, I didn't even know that existed. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to order it as soon as we uh, get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, it's it's such a great read. But that was great. Like, I don't know, like Lucinda is one of the greatest singer songwriters of all time. She doesn't oh, always absolutely. get mentioned a lot um, outside of, you know, just pure Americana and everything. But but knowing the influence that she had on your songwriting and those moments that do sort of go Americana. I mean, do you find that that's a different muscle at all for you as a songwriter? Does it does it feel as different as it eventually sounds? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think with, with my songwriting, <laughs> this is going to sound so silly, but I think I try to think about as little as possible, at least in the initial phases of, of writing in terms of intentionality of, of making a song sound a certain way right off the bat. I think I try to let that be pretty loose and, um, when I'm first writing, I think just is whatever is going to come out is going to come out. And I kind of let that guide what's going to happen next. And again, Henry, who produces Slow Pulp, I think is so good at hearing some of my original demos and original versions and understanding what direction it needs to go in. And I think some of the songs that ended up a bit more Americana or a bit more um, kind of stripped down kind of stayed in that in that zone just because it felt so right to what was at the kind of core of the song um and i love listening to music especially when i'm up by myself in northern wisconsin and having that kind of introspective uh, very visceral very raw kind of emotive time and it just fits with that emotion so well and um yeah i mean and and i think also production wise and some of the other songs that might lean a bit more pop. I think there's this still kind of desolate dryness that we try to figure out um, that relates to a lot of Lucinda Williams' work. Um, and yeah, we're we're all just so inspired by her and she just seems like an amazing person too. I'd love to get to meet her. She's fun to talk with and she's definitely got the stories to, to you know. To oh, I'm sure. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Emily Massey of Slow Pulp. You know, you're talking about the bigger rock moments, and of course, Doubt, such a great single. And that do-do-do chorus will be stuck in everybody's <laughs> head forever and ever and ever, I'm, I'm certain. <laughs> you know, the, the idea of Doubt, the idea of the uncertainty and the anxiety, you know, that kind of permeates through the uh, through the album and everything. From the outsider, from the listener point of view, it's it's really interesting to hear about that, knowing that you're a front person on a stage in front of a crowd. How does it work for you? Is it a compromise you make with yourself? Do you is it disassociation? I mean, like knowing how all of that, like how how does that work for you? It really comes in waves. Um, I think historically, I've had a really hard time accepting the title of an artist. I've I've spent so much time feeling like I don't deserve to call myself that or that 
you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not X, Y, Z. And um, it's funny. I had a conversation with a friend a couple of years ago when we were playing a show in LA and we got drinks before the show. And I was kind of opening up to her about how much I was struggling to kind of believe in myself and have this inner confidence. And she was so surprised because she was like, you have, you know, you seem so sure of yourself on stage and you seem so confident. <laughs> and I kind of at that moment was taken aback because I think I'd realized I've gone into this autopilot mode of, um, you know, kind of fronting like I knew what I was doing. And, and, and disassociation is a perfect word to kind of associate with that. Um, and I think I could just like to this zone and I've been a performer kind of my whole life. I grew up as a ballet dancer. My dad's a musician. And, um, so I used to perform with him as a kid. And so I think I, I learned pretty young how to put on this facade of, of, of confidence, I guess. And, um, luckily as time has gone on, I've done a lot of work to try really hard to to find that inner trust and inner belief and um and that's where I mean it comes into waves you know we all it's I, I feel so much better than I did a few years ago which is amazing but we all you know dip back into past versions of ourselves as we're healing and as we're growing and as we're learning and um trying to give myself grace for those moments as well but um I think anyone who's an artist probably can relate too. you know, I think for so long I was so deep in my own psyche about how I was the only one experiencing this feeling. And, and the more you talk to people or maybe even the more you read about other artists, it's such a common, common experience. And um, yeah, I wish I had just given myself space as a younger person to be more exploratory and be more kind to myself but I I do feel really excited I feel like this album um I worked through so many of those feelings while working on this album and I think for the first time as, as we embark on working on the third record I feel so much more genuinely confident in myself so I'm, I'm just excited to see what we are able to create when we're a little bit more sure of ourselves a little bit um less afraid I guess yeah, that's um, what you said at the beginning about not believing that you're an artist and, and that specific word. It's, it, it, you know, and, and it is, it's it's hearing about the legends because because I don't know if you, like when, when I hear, you know, when I hear Pixies, you know, like Monkey Gun, yeah. never in my life would I have thought, even when I was younger, that, you know, you have four musicians toiling around trying to make a song work and messing around and building it up and, you know, and there's discarded stuff and and then eventually you have this because because when you hear it when you're young it just arrives right fully formed and here it is and it was of gifted course. down and, yeah. and you're and you're and you are a god you're a legend and then the more you talk to people i think it was les claypool who said you know every song is just jamming around till it works jamming around until right. it sounds <laughs> right. good and it feels good i mean you watch the beatles documentary with get back and there exactly. they are just you know and you're like oh god you're almost there we know it's almost there <laughs> But I feel like that takes the weight off of everybody's shoulders, you know, it's it just because of what at that point, it just becomes about the tools that you pick up along the way, because you get it to a certain point, And then the tools come in, then you're an artist, like, that's it. Right. Like, I know. And and I think I've had this realization that even the the best of the best, nobody knows what they're doing when they start. 
nobody knows what's going to happen. <laughs> and I think, yeah, the Beatles documentary is one that um, us as a band have talked a lot about and watched together to some of the some of the episodes that they're just spending so much time just, you know, being laborious and working through something and and um, messing around, too. I think they're just doing stuff for fun, which is so easy to forget when you have a thing that you're supposed to make or a deadline or whatever it may be that it's um, at the core of things just supposed to be just trying things and having having fun <laughs> being silly. So because um, I think at its nature, creation is silly. And being creative and being artistic is, is, can be very serious and, and, and deal with very serious subject matter, but it's such a gift to be able to, to do it in the first place. But yeah, that, that documentary was awesome. And then you have moments where you see Paul McCartney just sit down at a piano and he just, it all comes out at once. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> but he, it, you know, takes days and days and days and days and days and years to, to get to that point or to have those moments um and that's like kind of the reason why you keep doing it because you have those epiphanies and you have those kind of perfect timed things but i'm also yeah it's also fun finding the stuff that just takes time well like did i read like a gone to uh on this record like there's an earlier version of that and there is that right like a completely different version there is yeah yeah like do you have a lot of those um yeah well not not like that one that one was definitely a very specific case i think we had a version that was pretty much finished and it just didn't feel right with the emotion of the song um and the day before we were supposed to turn the record in we completely <laughs> re-recorded it which was kind of crazy um but i think sometimes yeah sometimes we'll get to the finish line or what we feel like is the finish line with the song and um, it doesn't quite feel right. And we have to strip it back to kind of what it was in the beginning, which usually it tends to be like acoustic guitar and vocals and then kind of work it from there. And yeah, that, that song, I think by the time that one was finished again, we were kind of like, I don't, I don't know. Let's, let's go for it. Yeah, there's, there's actually a really funny story for that song because as we were recording it, trying to figure out what we wanted it to sound like, we had the music video for the Red Hot Chili Peppers Scar Tissue on. But on silent, like the song wasn't playing. <laughs> it was just the music video. And it was this, it's this desert landscape and they're all dried out. And they're driving this old convertible. And um, yeah, we just wanted the song to sound like how that video looks. <laughs> Nicely done. I like the, uh... <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I like knowing that. But seriously, there's so many great moments all through this record. And, you know, it's Slugs. I, lo I love that track too. And just what you guys going. But it's great to see people finding it like i said seeing this album showing up so many times you know, over the past few weeks especially with those year-end lists i know it can feel different in it but do you feel the success that's coming your way right now uh yes i mean i feel I, I, we all feel very proud and very just you know like you said earlier in in this conversation you don't know what's going to happen when you put out a record and you can't predict anything. And I think when we made this record, it was just really about being honest with ourselves and with each other and, and hoping for the best. And, um, you know, is it the best record ever made? Absolutely. Not even close. Is it the best record I think we've made? Yeah. And that's all you can kind of hope for when you're working on something. And um, yeah, I, I'm very proud of it. And I'm very just so grateful that 
people are engaging with it and um, kind of taking it for themselves. I think that that's, for me, the highest compliment when somebody, you know, puts their own life experiences and stories onto your songwriting. And um, and it seems that people are are really resonating, which is just the best thing, the best outcome um, possible for us. So yeah, thank you to anyone listening and in, into this interview. And thank you for, for listening to the record and, and supporting us along our, our little journey. And uh, I'm going to keep doing that. I can speak for myself. And again, uh, <laughs> I love Yard. I cannot wait to see you guys on tour though, especially, especially with this. Uh, and I know the opening slot, it's so different, you know, you don't get to stretch out and everything, but uh, I'm excited to see you guys with Death Cab and uh and uh, postal service but uh be catching some uh some headlining shows as well emily congratulations thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this thank you for taking the time and, and listening to the record and and hanging out <laughs> my thanks to emily massey the new slow pop album is called yard thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, uh, hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. Uh, rate and review as well. You can grab us uh, at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then, after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday. It starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of uh, the best in new music, great classics from the 80s and 90s. There's bonus interviews and music news. Uh, one of my recent shows featured the music of David Bowie, The Pretenders, The Bangles, Lucy Rose, Ramones, William S. Burroughs, The Smiths, Dr. Dog, Mumford & Sons, Counting Crows, Suzanne Vega, Kiwi Jr., Teddy Swims, Howdy, Dusty Springfield, Enigma, Middle Kids, Shed 7, Allison Moyer, Prince, The Killers, Groove Armada, and my interview with Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. Just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media sites. The address is always the same. It's at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hopefully we get some good stuff going for, for the next one. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.